Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Joshua. The Old Testament book of Joshua in chapter number 24. In this passage, we see Joshua, he's at his deathbed. And as he does, he wants to gather Israel together one last time to deliver an important message, to encourage them to make a decision to follow after the Lord. To him, this is something vital. This is something necessary. But not just to Joshua, to God himself. And as we come to this important message here, we're praying that it would open up as we finish up this message right here that Joshua is delivering is going to be the transitional message What people do with this will determine whether we live in victory like the book of Joshua or we live in defeat like the book of Judges. This is the transitional message. This is the message that brings people to the place of decision. For this day, whom will you serve? This day, who are you going to choose to be your God? So if you don't mind, look with me in the book of Joshua, chapter number 24. Joshua 24, and notice with me, starting at verse number 1. Joshua 24, and verse number 1, the word of God says this, And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in the old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan, multiplied his seed, and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob, And Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward, I brought you out. And I brought your God, your fathers out of Egypt, and ye came unto the sea. And the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with the chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. Ye dwell in the wilderness a long season. I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side of Jordan. And they fought with you. And I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land. And I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel. And sent and called Balaam, the son of Behor, to curse you. But I would not hearken to Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over to Jordan. And came unto Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you. The Amorites. 
and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword nor with thy bow. And I have given to you a land for which you did not labor. And cities which you did not build. And ye dwell in them. Of the vineyards and the olive yards which ye planted not do you eat. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. And serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. Whom you will serve, whether it be the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites, but in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods for the Lord, our God. He it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went among all the people whom we passed. And the Lord drove, drove out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And Joshua said unto the people, you cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve up strange gods, then will he turn and do you hurt and consume you after he had done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, ye are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Now, therefore, put away, saith he, the strange gods which are among you and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve and his voice will we obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord, which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart every man unto his inheritance. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that Joshua uttered in the book of Joshua, chapter number 24? Joshua 24 and verse number 15, the phrase, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day whom you will serve. And with the Lord's help, I'd like to preach this very pointed message from the Bible here. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for you being a wonderful God, a God who's worthy to be worshipped and worthy to be served. And as we come up to you today, we're honoring you. We want to lift your name up. Lord, we want to be a help to these folks. 
Lord, outside of salvation, I believe that there's someone in here that this is the most important message that they could ever hear. I believe tonight is a drawing point for someone in here that they need to make a decision or else. Lord, I don't want to be spooky and I don't want to be threatening. I, I, I just honestly believe that tonight is the line that you've drawn for someone in here. And they're either going to choose you, Lord, or they're not going to choose you. Lord, I believe that tonight is the message someone is going to ignore. And their life is going to fall into ruin. But you don't want that. I'm praying that you grab a hold of hearts. Lord, I don't know who it is. If I knew who it was, I would dismiss everybody and put that person in my office and talk with them. But I don't know who it is tonight. I don't know who it is that needs this specific message. Maybe there's more than one. Lord, I'm asking tonight, you would do something so unusual, so holy, so reverent, that you would put your Holy Spirit thick in this place. That without a doubt that people would know that we've met in the presence of the Lord. And that people would make a clear, distinct decision tonight. To follow you or not to follow you. Lord, this may be a life and death message. Because this is so serious, Lord, I beg you, please remove me from this equation. Set me aside. And fill me with your precious spirit. And just do your own work Lord. You be God. You stem the tide. You present that individual or individuals. With a choice. Lord I'm asking that you give them the courage and bravery to choose you. To choose you tonight. Lord this is a holy important work. I'm asking that you would grab everyone's heart and everyone's attention tonight. And that you would get victory. Oh, you would get some major victories that we couldn't even believe would happen. Let someone humble themselves tonight to be willing to choose you. In your name we we pray. Amen. As I just said in my prayer... This is a life and death situation. This is not something to play around with, to laugh about. Christian, this is a message where you pray for your pastor. As I'm preaching, you need to be praying. Because tonight is the night God is going to require someone to make a decision. To serve God or not to serve God. And I'm not trying to be speak spooky. I'm not trying to be whatever else. I'm not going to try to say that if you leave, lightning's going to strike. But this is a night. There's a couple of folks that have been riding the fence way too long. And you need to choose. Who is it that you're going to serve? Do you know that someone can sit in a Baptist church like this for 30 years and never make a conscious choice to serve God? They can... Show up like they're supposed to. But they've never made a choice to serve God. They've kind of just fallen into a tradition. There's some people that 
hit and miss church. They kind of say, well, I know it's important, but I can't choose which life to have. God is going to require. You say, why do I have to show up to this service? God knew exactly who was going to be here. You're not here by accident. For some of you who've been playing church, who've been playing around, who've never been serious about it, you need to listen up. And I'm saying this beforehand because I don't want you to fall asleep and say, oh, I missed it. I want you to get your attention now and say, this is a decision that God's going to require of you. And I don't know who it is. I don't. And it could be more than one. I want you to assume that it's you, dear friend. And I want you to listen intently tonight. I don't care how young you are or how old you are. Listen and pay attention. As we start this, Joshua has gathered up the folks. And in Joshua chapter 23, Joshua 23, Joshua gathers them together. And the first thing we see in this passage that runs together, 23 and 24, is we see, first of all, the message from Joshua. The message from Joshua. Notice as we pick it up in Joshua 23 in verse number 1. And it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all of their enemies round about that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. So what had happened is that time had passed. They had conquered the land. The people now had control of their own territories and time has passed. It's not like victories have just occurred and they're still riding on a high. Now it's come to the place where they haven't been having a fight. They could relax a little bit. They could take their armor and put it aside. But what happens is that when we are not prepared to fight, we go cold. We no longer are looking for the fight. That's when the enemy attacks. So Joshua gathers them up. He says, time's passed. We need to give this last reminder. I'm, I'm about ready to go home with be the Lord. I need to give this message. I need to give this last reminder of this importance of choosing the Lord. Verse number one again. It came to pass a long time. After the Lord had given rest unto Israel. From all their enemies round about. That Joshua waxed old. And was stricken in age. And Joshua called for all of Israel. And the elders. And for their heads. And for their judges. And for their officers. And said unto them. I am old and stricken in age. And ye have seen all that the Lord your God. Hath done unto all those nations. Because of you. For the Lord your God is he that fought for you. He starts off by telling him it was God that did the battling. We just got through having building and battling and it was God that did it all. I want to remind you of that, he says, before we even start. It was God that fought for you. It was God that went for you. He did the battling. You just got to watch him work. It was God that did the fighting. Verse number four. Behold, I have divided Unto you the lot these nations have remained. To be an inheritance for your tribes. From Jordan and with all the nations that I have cut off. Even to the great sea up westward. He says from the Jordan River all the way up to the Mediterranean Sea. We've divided the land. We've conquered it. We've divided up. It's already been settled. You guys have been living on your properties for a while. Verse 5. And the Lord your God he shall expel them from before you. And drive them out of your sight. Ye shall possess their land. As the Lord your God hath promised you. So he says don't worry. You still got some working 
uh, laboring to do. You still need to chase some people off. I want to remind you that God's still going to do it. If you allow him to, he's still going to chase off the enemies. He's still going to fight for you. Verse 6. Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. That ye turn not aside therefore to the right hand or to the left. You know, it's very interesting in the word of God how the Bible says, be therefore very courageous. What am I supposed to be courageous to do? Am I supposed to be courageous to fight the enemy? Am I supposed to be courageous to stand against danger? No, it says to be courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law. Do you know it takes a lot of courage to obey the Bible? It takes a lot of courage to fight against your flesh. To fight against what you want to do. It takes a lot of courage. You know it's a very weak person. Decide not to obey the Bible. They don't have the, the courage. To obey the Bible. They don't have the courage. To follow the Lord. You see following the Lord. Is always a conscious choice. You don't do it by accident. You do it by purposeful volition. By a purposeful decision. And it takes a lot of courage. You say that you're a real man. You've got lots of courage. Prove it. Obey the Bible. That's what the Bible is saying. You need to have courage to obey. Verse number seven. That you come not among these nations that remain among you. Neither make mention of the name of their gods. Notice that. Don't make mention of the name of their gods. Nor cause to swear by them. Neither serve them nor bow themselves to them. But cleave unto the Lord your God as you have done unto this day. Here he's talking about in order to be obedient to God, you're going to have to be separate from the world. You will have to be separate from the world. You cannot obey God and serve another master. You cannot. I don't care what it is. You can't serve God and another master. Someone said that if you keep straddling the fence long enough, all you get is torn britches. You need to make a choice. You can't serve both well. You either serve one or serve the other. But you have to make a choice. Notice as it goes on, verse 10. One man among you shall chase a thousand. Here's a picture of one guy with a sword chasing away a thousand guys. They're all running. No! You know what? why that can happen? Because of God. God plus one is always a majority. You follow after God... And God will do the fighting for you. He'll make the enemies to flee. He will change the battle. You just have to obey him. God will do the fighting. All you have to do is obey. That's the simplest thing. Verse number 11. Take good heed. Or sorry, verse 10 again. One man shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you. As he hath promised you. God will fight our battles. Verse number 11, take good heed therefore unto yourselves that you love the Lord your God. That word heed, like we said this morning, means to pay attention. It says you pay attention to yourselves. You know you have to pay attention to yourselves. Make sure that you're falling in love with God. Make sure you're following after him. Make sure you still love him. Make sure you know where your heart's at. Pay attention, take heed. That you love the Lord your God. Else, or else we would say, else if you do in any wise go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even those that remain among you and shall make marriages with him 
and to go into them as they say to you. Let me pause right here. The Bible is very clear. Listen to me. That if you are saved, you are not to marry someone who is not saved. Period. End of discussion. To do so is outside of God's will. By the way, the Bible talks about unequally yoked. That has the idea of putting a harness around two animals to do the to do the plowing. Do you understand that if you are someone that wants to follow God and you marry someone who doesn't want to follow God, that's unequally yoked. They say, but it's a Christian. No, what's going to happen is that they're going to hold you back from serving God. This is what the Bible is talking about, that you you need to be careful even who you marry because who you marry can hold you back from serving God. How many of a young man that was called of God to be a missionary, to be a preacher who was disqualified because of their wives because they married wrong? And I'm not speaking wrong. I know many ladies who are held back from serving God because of their husbands. Being married correctly is a big deal. And that's what it's saying here. Now, notice as it goes on, verse 13, know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges in your side and thorns in your eyes till you perish from off this good land which the Lord had given you. Now, what's the, what's the qualification here? Hey, if you choose to follow, go against God, He's no longer going to fight for you. But guess what? Life is going to be tough. There's consequences for it. He's not going to drive out the land. He's going to, or the enemies of the land. He's going to let the enemies provoke you and be a thorn in your eye. Isn't that a bad word picture to have a thorn? Imagine a, a rose thorn get stuck in your eye and dragging across it. Well, you say, that doesn't sound comfortable. Well, neither is disobeying the Lord and seeing the consequences that occur. This is a serious thing here. This is a very serious thing. Verse number 14. And behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. And ye know in your hearts and in your, all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All are come to pass unto you and not one thing hath failed thereof. Joshua says, hey, I'm about ready to die. I'm following the course of all the earth. But let me tell you, I've been here for this hundred and something years. And let me tell you, God has not failed to do everything that he promised he would do for you. God has always been good to you. He's always delivered. He's always come through. God has always been good to you. Name another God that's done that much for you. He says, our God is taking care of you. Our God is delivered. Verse number 15, and it shall come to pass that as all good things which come unto you, which the Lord your God promised you, so shall the Lord bring upon you all evil things until he hath destroyed you from off this good land, which the Lord your God hath given you. And when you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and have gone and served other gods and bowed yourself to them, then shall the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and ye shall perish quickly from off the good land which he have given you. You know what he's trying to say here? There's a choice. He says, you've been walking along now, but now it's choice time. And guess what? You choose the good or the bad. You choose to serve God and get the blessings or you choose not to obey God and you get the curses. Which brings me to the second thing, if you don't mind. We saw Joshua's message, but you know what? As much as Joshua's messages 
is impactful. Now it's time for God to speak. The second thing here is we see God's message. God's message. The message from the Lord. Notice verse chapter 24 and verse number 1. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem. Let's remember Shechem. Remember Shechem? Shechem is the city located between two mountains, Ebal and Gizram. And remember, Ebal is the picture of cursings, and Gizram is the picture of blessings. Remember, they had read the, the blessings and the cursings. And it was a picture, a visible picture, that over here, Mount Gizram, it is very beautiful and lush and green, and it represented that if you obey God, you get blessings. And over here, you have Mount Ebal, which is dry and rocky and dusty and barren. And it represents that if you disobey God, it's curses. So what Joshua has done is he's brought them back, all the leadership, all the ones who are influential into the lives of the children of Israel. He has brought them to Shechem and pretty much with a backdrop of over here blessings and over here curses, he says, God has a message for you. So they could see visibly right behind them the two pictures of blessings and cursings. He says, you're going to have to make a choice. God's got a message for you. We see the Lord's message. Notices, if you don't mind, in verse number uh, 20, uh, verse 1 again. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. Notice this. They didn't present themselves before Joshua. They understood that they were going to stand before God's messenger that we're standing before God, much like we're doing now. I understand I'm just a preacher boy. I'm just a messenger boy. This is the Lord you're going to answer to. You're not going to answer to your preacher. You're going to answer to God. And this is his word he's delivering to you. You could say, I don't care what you say, preacher. That's fine. It's the Lord that is now in control. So let's let the Lord have his message now, if you don't mind. Notice with me in verse number two. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood of old time. Even Terah, the father of Abraham, the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. If you don't mind, let me do a quick parenthesis. Abraham came from the city of Ur, and that's where Terah, his father, was raised. That's where Nahor was raised. And each of those cities, uh, Mesopotamia, uh, Ur is now located what we would call Iraq, at the very tail end of the Tigris and Euphrates River. And um, each of those little cities served their own little gods. The city god of Ur would be this would be the uh, moon god Sin S I N. That moon god has not gone away, but it is now known as Allah. That is why Allah is represented by the moon god. That same false moon god is the same god that Abraham's father and his brother and his family served. That moon god. Do you know that Abraham was raised not in a Christian home, but he was raised. With gods all around them. You know what Abraham had to do? He had to choose which God he was going to serve. It would have been just easier for him to stay and serve the same gods that his family served. But he had to make a choice 
to serve the real God. He had to be courageous. He had to obey God's word. And by the way, he received lots of blessings for it. But Joshua is going through history. And as he's going through history, or rather, not Joshua, forgive me, God is going through history. In fact, as we go through this passage, I want you to notice how many times the word I is being used. And it is not Joshua that's saying I, it is God that is saying I. I did this, and I did this, and I did this. Notice with me in verse number uh, 3 again. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau. And I, that's the Lord, gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. I sent Moses also to Aaron. And I plagued Egypt according to which I did among them. And afterward I brought them out to you are you out and I brought your fathers out of Egypt and ye came into the sea and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea and when they cried unto the Lord he the Lord put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them and you and your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And ye dwell in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites. Which dwelt on the other side of Jordan. And they fought with you. And I gave them into your hand that you might possess them. And I destroyed them from before you. See God is reminding them over and over. It was God that did it. God is speaking and he's saying I did this. I brought Abraham. I blessed him with Isaac. I blessed Isaac with Jacob and Esau. I gave Esau Mount Sur and put him over there. But the other guys, they went to Egypt. And guess what? I sent Moses and Aaron. I sent the plagues. I opened the Red Sea. I watched over you. It was I that did this. Name me another God who took care of you like I did. He says, I am the true God who's proven myself. And I have done so much for you. I've done miracle after miracle after miracle. I have supernaturally taken care of you. And God is bringing him up to it. He says now after all I've done to this. You have a choice. Do you serve the God. Who has done so much for you. Or do you turn your back. And you go serve another God. Who can't help you like I've helped you. He says the choice is coming. Notice as it goes on. In verse number 9. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Behor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore, he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand. God says, I even stopped other people from cursing you. I changed you. I, I took care of you. Do you know the children of Israel didn't even know what Balaam had done until after the fact? But yet God was still watching over them. And he made sure that even this guy could not curse them. God said, I'm watching over them. I even changed someone's prayers just to protect you. Man, that's a powerful God who's able to watch over and do so much for you. 
Notice as you go in verse number 11. And ye went over Jordan and came into Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you. The Amorites and the Prezizites. And the Canaanites and the Hittites. And the Girgashites and the Hivites. And the Jebusites. And I delivered them unto your hand. And I sent the hornet from before you. And drove them out before you. Even two kings of the Amorites. But not with thy sword nor with thy bow. Now in verse 11 he's saying. You had all these enemies. That's a big list of enemies. He said, I delivered them all to your hand. They, they couldn't do anything to you. He says, what's more is I sent hornets. You know hornets, right? Little yellow jacket and stuff. He says, just for the fun of it, I chased away two kings and their entire armies with little hornets. And you didn't even have to lift a finger. They just ran because of the hornets chasing after them. And that didn't make uh, in the book of Joshua except for right here. But that's pretty amazing, isn't it? That, Hey, look and see what I did for you. Let me remind you, even the little things, I've done all these things for you. Now you want to turn around and say you don't want to serve me? That's a big no-no. That's a big deal. He says, now you want to say, well, maybe I'll serve you sometime. That's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Notice as it goes on. Verse 13. And I have sent you a land for which you did not labor... And cities which you did not build, and ye dwell in them of the vineyards and the olive guard, uh, yards which you have planted, and uh, planted not, do you eat? God gives a message to the people. And it's Joshua that may be delivering it, but it's very clear it's not Joshua that's preaching. It's God. And God is delivering a message. And God is pointing out what he has done for them time and time and time again. You know what God is basically doing? He's building a case. Why you should choose God. Isn't it horrible that, that we have to get to the place where it almost seems like God is petitioning for our attention? He has to qualify himself why we should choose God. It's almost like an election now. He's giving you all the things why he's the best candidate for God. Why he should be the best God of your life. Why you should vote for him. Why don't we just do it automatically? But we have to choose him. Isn't it bad that God somehow has to resort to going back and saying, look at what I've done for you time and time again. You may be unsaved in here, but still you would have to recognize what God has done for you to spare your life and what he has done time and time and time again. Whether it's car accidents that you walk away unscathed, whether it's something else that occurred and that God has watched over you time and time and time again. And yet... He has to bring it to a reminder and say, you need to choose. Choose me. Choose me. Look at all I've done for you. Why wouldn't you choose me? But yet, some people linger. Some people say, well, I don't know about this church thing. You guys are way too serious about it. It's not that. It's choosing God. Well, I don't really know if I should give up my lifestyle. No, choose him. Well, I don't know. You know, I say that because there's still some debate. Even within this room, there are people that said, I don't really know if I want to serve him completely. I don't want to know if I want to be sold out. I don't want to be fanatical about the whole thing. Can I just kind of show up at church and won't God be happy with me just showing up to church? You serve God. You choose him. And when you choose him, it's not a choose whether I show up to church every now and again. 
It's a choice whether he is going to be the goal of your life. The decision is, is you, he's going to be God. Now, if he's God, you are the servant. You don't have a say in the matter. You are choosing to become a servant. And he the master. You are choosing who your master is going to be. And your job after that is to obey whatever your master says. You lose your vote after this. People say, that's, that's the problem I have is I don't want to give up control. You will have a master. Something will control you. Whether it's your video game or God, something will control you. Whether it's your sports team or God, something will control you. Whether it's your hobby or your work or your kids or God, something will control you. So it's not a matter of you're giving up your rights or your life. You're choosing which master you're going to be a slave to. Which master you're going to be a servant to. Which master has the right to control you. That's the choice you make. You're going to obey something. Something will rule your life. God says choose me. And I'm a good master. I will take care of you. I will supply for you. I love you. Your sports team does not love you. Your video game does not love you. Your work does not love you. It is God that loves you so supremely. And he'll do everything for you. And he's already done so much for you. Why wouldn't you choose? We see the message from Joshua. We see the message from the Lord. Now we come to the decision of the people. It's decision time. It's time to vote. If you don't cast your vote now, it's too late. You've already voted for the wrong candidate. What does it say? Notice with me in verse 14. Now, therefore. Remember the word therefore is because of all the stuff that was just said. Whenever you see therefore, you look and see what it's there for. What is it there for? Because God has done all of this. Because of what God has done. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. You know what sincerity means? It means you mean it. How many times preacher said, or people said to the preacher, I love God. I'm going to be there every Sunday. Still waiting. Hit and miss. Sincerity means you're making a choice fully and completely now. It's decision time. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the God's which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, serve ye the Lord. You have to put away the other gods. God won't be God with someone else. It is God and God alone. Verse 15. And if it be evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. You know, God is... Being forthright here. He says, if you think that it's evil, it's too much. I can never serve God. Then choose a God to serve. Stop riding the fence. Stop playing at it. Choose. Choose. I say this 
Because sometimes people choose, but they choose wrongly. I remember dealing with a man for years. He still had young children and he was starting to get involved with drugs and more drugs and more drugs. And it was affecting his kids. He was already divorced and had a custody thing and he could only have them every now and again. And it seemed that when he had his kids, he would neglect them more and more. And I sat with him and I loved on him. And I said, don't you understand? It's not just you, it's your kids. You only have a small amount to, to, to affect them. There's going to be consequences if you don't raise them right now. If you don't be the example to them, they're going to be destroyed. You need to do it. One day, he chose. And he was honest with me. He said, preacher, I choose my drugs. And when he, he, he chose, there was such a weight released because he made a decision. He made the wrong decision and his kids paid a huge price. I watched them as they grew up and I watched them as they went away from the Lord and I watched them as they got hurt badly, very badly. Things that you wouldn't want to see your kids to go through. And it was consequence of dad. And dad for a while kept playing, kept playing until he made a decision. That's what God is saying here. Hey, if it's too much, if you just say it's evil, it's bad to serve God. I just can't handle going to church. Oh, I can't read my Bible. I, I just can't get around to it. it. It's too much to ask for, preacher. I wish I was making that up, but people have said that to me. That they said, it's too much. I can't read my Bible every day. I can't do that. That's just unreasonable. Choose you this day whom you will serve. You know, the same thing is repeated later on in the book of Kings where Elijah's standing on Mount Carmel. He's got all of Israel there. He's got the prophets of Baal all lined up over there. And he says, how long halt you between two opinions? If God be God, choose him. If they be God, choose them. Choose someone. Some of you need to make a choice. You've been playing around too long. I don't want you to make the bad decision. God has been pleading with you and said, I've been so good to you. Why wouldn't you choose me? But some of you need to make a choice. Stop riding the fence. Choose the right choice, please. But you need to choose. Is God going to be your God? Or is something else going to be your God? Now remember, some of you, this is it. God is putting a line right here. It can't get any more clearer than this. Wouldn't you agree? It's out there choose remember if you choose to choose some other time you've already made the wrong choice if you say i don't want to make this decision right now you know what you just said i am not serving god right now you've already made a choice i'm not trying to be mean and i'm not trying to force the message this is the next message up you understand this I wasn't waiting until I saw, wait till this one person comes and I'm going to get him. This is next up. But God knew you were going to be here and he arranged for this message just for you. Now, I don't know who that individual or individuals are, but I'm preaching it all throughout the spectrum because to be honest, I think all of us need a reminder every now and again that if you've already made a choice, keep that choice. Notice Joshua says, as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. He says, I'm letting you know I've already made my choice and this is my choice. I choose God. I choose the Lord. 
Notice as it goes on in verse 16. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. Hey, after you hear a message like that, wouldn't you say, oh, I'm choosing God too. (laughs) That's the obvious thing. Verse number 17, for the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt and the house of bondage. And those did great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people whom we passed. And the Lord drove up from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore, we will serve the Lord for he is our God. Now. They're getting emotional about it. And they're making an emotional decision. They're saying, yeah, God did all these things. Of course we will choose him. But notice what Joshua does now. He takes the emotion down and takes it away. Verse number 19. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods... And he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after he have done you good. Now, what Joshua is doing is he wants them not to make an emotional decision, but to make an intellectual decision. He wants, you know, anyone can make an emotional decision. Oh, that was a great message. I'm going to be in church every day. God, I promise you. And you can make a decision out of emotion. And guess what happens when you break that promise that you made out of emotion? judgment because you told god you were going to do something and it was an emotional decision you didn't have thought behind it it was emotional spur of the moment thing joshua says wait a second you can't serve god he's a holy god he says you're going to quit on him i mean you may say you're going to follow him now but you're going to end up messing up and what's going to happen is that judgment's going to come because god is a jealous god he is a god that will not stand worship of another That's what the word jealous, because he is God. There is no other God. Why should any other worship go to some other being when it belongs all to God in the first place? And he says, all right, if you say you make a choice, don't make a choice out of emotion. Don't ride it. And I don't want you to ride an emotional thing either. That's why I'm making sure I'm taking the time here. I don't want you to say, oh, I don't want a judgment. Please don't. God, I'll serve you. And then next week you say, where are you at? Understand? I want you to take a purposeful, intentional, thoughtful, intellectual decision. Because there's consequences. There is a life change required here. Not emotional. Understand what you're telling God. When you say, God, I'm going to serve you. You are telling him that you are God. And I'm your servant. You are allowed to tell me whatever... You want me to do, and I will do it. That's the decision you're making. Not just a woohoo type of thing. This is a life and death decision. You're going to choose who's God in your life. If it be God, serve Him. If you find it evil to serve God, then choose another God. Choose your game. Choose your booze choose your drugs choose your liquor that's the wrong decision by the way but you're going to make a choice right now who's god in your life who is it 
Now, some may snicker and some may say, <laughs> crazy preacher people, crazy Baptist preacher, crazy Bible preacher, crazy Christian people. Be very careful now because God is real. And he's proven himself real to you. I don't have to go through your life. You know God's proven himself over and over and over. And I'm not talking about salvation here. Now, if you are not saved, get that settled. But I'm speaking to people who have made professions of faith. Who's going to be God in your life? Notice as they go on, verse 21. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. Joshua said, All right. You made an intellectual decision now. He says, And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen you, the Lord, to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. What they did is they had an invitation. See, invitations aren't new. They invited people and they said, what are you going to choose? And people came and they said, I choose the Lord. And Joshua said, you look at yourselves. You are all agreeing that we're serving the Lord. And when you choose not to serve the Lord, you have your buddy saying, hey, listen here. Didn't you make a promise? Didn't you say you were going to be faithful? Aren't you, aren't you going to keep your word? You see, there's accountability here. It's not just making a decision quietly. It's making a public decision. And that's what some of you need to make today. You say, what does that mean? That in a moment, we're going to have an old-fashioned altar call, an invitation. And there's nothing magical about these altars. But some of you need to come up and say, I choose the Lord. You need to put some feet to your prayer. This isn't something you make a decision in the seat tonight. This is something you move forward and say, I choose the Lord. I am allowing him to be God in my life. And there's witnesses, there's accountability. Verse 30, uh, 23. Now, therefore, put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God. Some of you, when you make this decision, got to get rid of those old gods. Get rid of them. Not put them in a display case and say, I want to look at them later. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Like I said, intellectual decision now. There's, there's action required. It is not lip service time. You can come up and tell me any lie that you want. You are going to prove your decision by the actions you make in the next couple days. Choose which God is God in your life. And then get rid of the other ones. If video games is your God, get rid of it. If booze is your life, your God, get rid of it. If your hobby is your God, get rid of it. I'm not being mean. God doesn't play second fiddle to anyone. You know what has control in your life. This is not a decision that you make some cute little prayer. This is a life-changing decision you're going to make right now. This is life and death. And some of you need to stop playing church. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to tell you this is what the text says. But I'm trying to be your pastor at the same time. And I know some of you. I know you. And I know where you're sitting at. 
And there's some of you I may not even know that you may have been putting on a good face and you've been saying it's been nice and I've been doing this and it's cute. And you may think that you're fooling other people, but you're not fooling God. I don't know your heart, but you know your heart. You know if you've just been playing around or just doing what you're supposed to just because you have to. This is a time where you choose I'm all in or all out. Let me tell you, for a preacher, it's scary to preach this message because you're afraid who's going to go all out. Is everybody going to show up next week? Let me tell you, it's not about me. It's about God. It's all about him. It's about him. Notice as he goes on, verse 24. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God will we serve And his voice we will obey. Again, an intellectual decision. They now are calmed down. They understand the consequences now of their actions. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day. And set them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. You know what he did is he put this in scripture and said, All right, the people made a choice. Then he took a great stone and set up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. So basically, he wrote this down and says, all right, this is scripture now. You made a promise that you were going to serve God. We had this written down. We have record of this. Now we're going to bury it and we can go find it later on and said, no, look, it is written in stone. You made a promise. Now, again, it's not for the pastor to go. "Ah." This is making a real decision between you and God and letting you know this is a real decision. It's not playtime. It's not a thing where, well, I'll go ahead and say a little prayer and then I'll do whatever I want. You're choosing now. And it's not between you and the preacher and it's not between you and the church. It's between you and God. You could try to lie to him. You could try to play games. You could try to manipulate, but it's not going to work. Tear back all of that pretense and you be honest with God. I want you to be honest with God and I want you to tell him tonight, I serve you. Or I want you to be honest with him and say, God, I don't want to serve you. I want you to be honest with him. But if you say you're going to serve him, you need to keep your word to him. If you're honest enough to say, God, I don't want to serve you. Leave me alone. Guess what? He will. It's a dangerous thing to have God's hand withdrawn from your life. But if he says, hey, leave me alone, he will. That's why a message like this is so dangerous. Because literally, some of your lives on the line. With God's blessing withdrawn or God's blessing jumped down. To empty your life. He said, most preachers would shy away from something like this. But it's next up. I have to preach it. This is the next thing up. Let's finish this off. Verse 27. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone is a witness unto us, and hath heard all the words that the Lord, which he spake unto us, it shall therefore be a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. This is your decision time. This is your time where you honestly tell the Lord, I'm going to serve you, or I'm not going to serve you. This is between you and God. But some of you need to be very courageous now and choose to obey him. Some of you, you know where your lives are. Some of you have become professional mask. That you have been wearing a mask of religiousness 
for many years and you've learned to play that part. And some of you are fooling people a lot less than what you think you are. It's time to make a choice. This is a hard message and please give me much grace for being your pastor. This is what's next. This is a hard thing to pray because it's decision time. You make your choice tonight. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.